1: do you like sports because we like sports let talk about sports it's
0: sports jack welcome to episode 279 of the sports yak podcast
1: you mean the ted klozowski episode <laughs> big clue <laughs> tk in the house this guy as i was doing a little bit of research on ted klozowski and i knew who he was he was a. Slugger, primarily for the Cincinnati Reds in his career, went on to be a hitting coach during the era of the Big Red Machine. Grew up in Argo, Illinois, which is that little town just a little bit west on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I think they've got a water tower now, but uh, it's about five minutes from Comiskey Park. So his dream would have been to play for the White Sox, and eventually that's who he closed out his career with. But Klazuski wound up being a terrific two sport athlete at IU. He batted 443 his senior year in 1945. And on the football team, he was the tight end for the Hoosiers, the last IU team to finish the season undefeated. They went 9 0 1 and won the Big Ten title. Probably would have gone into football, but he fell in love with a girl from the softball team and wound up pursuing baseball and hit two hundred and seventy nine home runs in his big league career. He's big clue. He would oh, by the way, he would he was the first player to to kind of modify his uniform. He'd cut off the sleeves so his fifteen inch pythons could be up there intimidating oh. the pitcher. While he was up to bat.
0: Wondering if they had tickets to the gun show. Exactly. He gave him early entry. So, big clue. Ted Klozuski. I'd like to begin this episode with two statements. Okay. Statement number one. Today what you're wearing is my favorite version of Chuck. It's dad Chuck.
1: Oh, yeah. I you're, love this version. You, you know what this version of Chuck is? This version of Chuck is... and. By the way, the show is Sport Jack, and we might get to sports in a moment or two. We will. This version of Chuck is the dog was up all night. The wife, who normally takes care of the dog, is out of town. And so I had the pleasure of taking care of the doggy dementia last night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So he's panting and sp- kind of rigid and everything. And there's not a lot you can do with him other than just sit with him mm-hmm. and hold him. And so, about four in the morning, here it is. So you need to go out and let him out. Didn't want to go out, so he comes back in, and it's just between four and I'd say five thirty. And of course, on a morning where I've already sent the sportscast in for the show,
0: <laughs> and you're not coming in, right? And
1: I'm not coming in. Mm-hmm. So then you kind so I decide to go back to bed. Overslept a little bit. So it's just slapped together, Chuck. But yeah, it's Dad, Chuck. It's the sweatshirt. It's the oh, jeans. It's, it's the Norman cap.
0: Rockwellian. It's you the look glasses. like you're gonna change my oil, take I, me fishing. I, it, it could be, could be any of these things. Have a coffee. Give me some advice. I Got my coffee. And by yeah. the way, I I would love to have doggy dementia. And you just hold me, and uh, this has gone a little farther and, than uh, I hoped uh, Console it would. me, soothe. There are days where I would like doggy dementia. Statement number two. <laughs> Now, to the podcast listener, the regular listener, you know that there's usually a target on the back of one Archie Miller. But Chuck may have a different tone today when reporting this news.
1: So here we go, folks. Last night, Trey Galloway for the kid out of Culver Academy out with a sore back. And for my money, over the course of the season... He's probably been IU's best defensive player. And you sit there and you say, my God, they're playing Iowa. Iowa averages 92 points a game. How in the world are they going to slow this train down? Trace Jackson Davis gets into foul trouble. He gets his fourth foul with about, oh, 12 minutes left in the game. It's, It's close at this point, and you're thinking, okay, The wheels have just come off, and we're about to see a vintage Archie Miller finish. Nay, nay. Nay, nay, I say. The Hoosiers played stunningly good defense last night. They held Iowa to 38% from the field, 22% from three-point range. And they go into Carver-Hawkeye Arena and do what no team has done so far this year, and that is beat the fourth-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes on their home floor, and they did it by double digits, 81-69. to I was on my couch and stunned watching this unfold because you've taken away IU's best defensive player, you put their best offensive player in foul trouble, and this was like unlike any Hoosier team that I have seen play in the last four years. So I don't know where this defensive effort came from. But if they can maintain this kind of defense, and that's the question was it a flash in the pan? Was it one bad night for Iowa and one golden night for IU? Or. Is this something that has finally kicked in for the Indiana Hoosiers and they're about to go on a run? Because they need to. They're 9-6 and six now. They're not a given for the NCAA tournament, although they helped their cause immensely last night because three of their next four are against ranked teams. Now, they play Rutgers on Sunday, and Rutgers at Rutgers is not easy either. But you get past that, then you've got this gauntlet of three straight games against ranked teams, and we'll find out what Indiana has. But for one Friday, cream and crimson faithful, you can get puffy-chested. You can go back to being the arrogant fan base that you have been over the years. You well, they've learned from the best. You Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> hey, there's nothing worse. Let me tell you something. There is nothing worse, and you'll find these up here in northern Indiana. Than the Notre Dame football, IU basketball fan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, oof. That's got to be
0: tough for Trey Galloway, just mentally, that you're out of the game, you're considered one of the best defensive players for that team, and it's like, wow, look what they did without me. That's got to be
1: tough to kind of maneuver through. Yes and no. Um, Maybe it's one of those things where the light finally clicks on – The light clicked on for Trey a while ago, Mm -hmm. but the light finally clicks on for these. Oh, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what help side defense is called. And let me explain to you what help side defense is. So the ball is over on one side of the court. That is now called the strong side. Whatever side the ball is on is the strong side. Okay. The opposite side of the floor is the weak side or the help side. And what this side of the floor needs to do is cheat over. You don't come all the way over to the strong side because then they're just going to throw the ball across the court and get an open shot. But you have to sag off your man enough so that when that guy from the strong side comes towards the lane, there's somebody there to help double team. There's somebody there to help pick up the slack a little bit. And boy, Indiana did that exceptionally well in the last 12 minutes of the game last night.
0: Our Friday nights at the Man House have turned into uh, a couple of new shows that show up on Fridays on streaming. And then we usually watch, uh, you know, both quarters or both halves of of your game. I may have to watch the late version tonight because I am excited about
1: Purdue, Michigan. You know, there's something about this Purdue team right now. And the way they're playing, and obviously that win at Ohio State, where Jaden Ivey hits the shot, has all of us in Northern Indiana jazzed because it's one of our kids who hit the game-winning shot. Yes, but you got to take on Michigan, who is good, and
0: they're really good, really good.
1: And I'll tell you what—I guess the biggest compliment you can give Jawan Howard's team is they play a lot like Purdue does. You know, they—they okay. they play that. Hard defense, they share the ball, they're unselfish, they've got a bunch of different guys who can hurt you, and it reminds me a lot of watching Purdue. And to me, that's what's going to make that game fun, is Purdue and Michigan are going to be two teams that play the game the right way and move the ball around and throw the extra pass and get the open shot. And then they get up in your grill on defense. So that's tonight at 7. You can hear the game on 103.1. Yes, it is on TV. I believe it's on FS1, the same uh, channel that had the IU game last night.
0: I don't have that channel, so I'll probably listen to the radio. So you'll be you listening. know what, though? We did a little experiment the other morning. You asked for the uh, Ivy audio. I got the TV audio, and I got the radio audio. Yeah. And the TV goes back to what you told me hundreds of times. Because you're watching on TV, let the TV do the deal, and you just provide the fluff. Radio, you really have to whatever. And there's a little extra oomph because there's no
1: crowd. you know. Well, so they're really kind of, you know. And the radio guy has a vested interest. That was the Purdue radio guy. Yes. So he's in it for Purdue. And Purdue does something well. He gives it that extra oomph for Purdue. The TV guy was Big Ten Network. Well, Ohio State's in the Big Ten, Purdue's in the Big Ten. Okay. We applaud the efforts of both teams, and we back it down a little bit. And TV is a little, they call it a cooler medium, mainly because you have to kind of tone it down a little bit because, again, the picture is telling the story. Now, not everybody on TV tones it down a little bit. And I appreciate the Gus Johnsons of the world. Rise and fire! You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind that. I know Gus drives some people nuts. I I appreciate him. And sometimes you'll hear a little bit of, of that come out of me. Who's the guy that calls radio for Purdue? Rob Blackman.
0: You know what phrase I'm looking for tonight Triple Time! <laughs> Triple Time! <laughs> Triple Time? Tom? Is he saying Tom? Triple Time! He was love excited.
1: It. I love, yeah. That's dude why I'll hit probably a, listen. dude hit a topsider with two and a half seconds left to put Purdue in front against a 15th ranked team in the nation. I'd be excited too if I were him. Speaking of Ivy, let's segue to his mother. Got a nice win on the road last night. Although I will tell you this, it should have been a lot easier than what it was. Notre Dame had a 21 point second half lead on the road at Virginia Tech and then hung on for dear life at the end. Wound up winning by five, but that game was much closer than a five-point game. Vatek had a couple of possessions where they could have tied or taken the lead late. I thought, and I know this is going to come across as a criticism of Niel, and maybe it's meant to be that, but I think it's a fair one. I thought Notre Dame got really conservative in the fourth quarter, trying to drain the clock. And, and run out the clock and get the win. And because of that, they kind of got out of their offense a little bit and still needed to to attack a little bit to score. Okay, They kind of backed out of that, and Virginia Tech got hot. You know, Virginia Tech started nailing. They hit, I think, three three-pointers in a short period of time in the fourth quarter, and that three-point bucket can get you right back in the game, and that's exactly what it did for the Hokies last night. But a nice road win for the Irish. They have won three in a row for the first time under Neel Ivy. They've got North Carolina coming up, and then they too, like Indiana men, have a gauntlet of ranked teams coming up. So the road's going to get a lot tougher for Neel Ivy. And when I say the road, I mean the road because the Irish don't have a home game for the women's team until, like, mid-February. Yeah, hmm. It's a weird schedule that they have this year. All right. Well, let's get into tonight. What's happening with you in high school? Well, the live stream. If you want to watch the live stream tonight, I do. You can watch it, but it's going to be a little bit earlier than normal. That's the By County tournament is playing its semifinal games early because there's no JV games to get in the way. So let's get the kids home. Let's let them get some rest before championship night. So we have New Prairie and Bremen in the semifinals of the By County tournament. Tonight at 6.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network on TV, 46, and, of course, Friday night at 11, Saturday morning at 9 on the Big 4-6. New Prairie comes in with a record of 9-4. They have a, an excellent score in Braden Flag, about 20 points a game, 6'5", senior, but he's got a nice touch from the outside. Shoots about 41% from beyond the arc. Their best three-point shooter in terms of percentage is a young man by the name of Grady Lepchinski. I think they might list him at six feet. That's a stretch. But he's a really good three-point shooter and had a great night Monday night against Argus. And then they've got some other weapons, too. They've got some size. Hunter Smith, big senior inside. So that's coached by Mike Bauer. Mike Bauer is looking for his 100th career win tonight. He started his coaching career at St. Joe, took a year off or so, got back in it over at New Prairie. Bremen is 7-4. and four. Their head coach, Matt Miller, we've talked about on the show before. Matt is in his first year. He's a Bremen grad, came up through the ranks as the JV coach. He's now the head coach. They're 7-4. His best player is his son, Carson. Uh, he's got another dynamic scorer in Tony Harden. The thing that's hurting Bremen right now is they had a point guard by the name of Trevor Devine. He only averaged about five points a game, but he was the guy – that got them into position offensively. He was probably their best defensive player. He was the guy that brought the energy and the juice to the team, and he's out with a torn labrum. Ugh. He had he actually had this problem before football season, managed to play through football season with it. They would let him sit out of some practices and just kind of and go for games. And in basketball, Coach Miller was telling me that Divine would basically do these one-arm rebounds. It's his left labrum that he's going to have surgery on here in about a week. Hmm. And he would just go up with his right arm, bring the ball down to his left, and then so he could do anything down below shoulder level, he was fine. But if he had to raise that left arm, he was in trouble. Hmm. And so, you said he's going to have surgery? Yeah, he's going to have surgery in about a week. Do you know so. what time? Uh, no. I'm sure no. it's a divine appointment. Excuse me? uh his younger brother Grant has taken over the duties at Point Guard so we'll see how things go there New Prairie and Bremen in one semifinal of the By County the other semifinal is a dandy matchup between John Glenn and Triton Glenn I believe is 11 and 1 Triton is 8 and 2 and so those two will square off the winners meet Saturday night at 6 at Dale E Cox Gymnasium on the campus of Laville High School I read some recent
0: um, uh, survey responses. They say that the happiest time in our minds is Saturday night at 7.26 p.m.
1: Do you feel that way on Saturday nights? Well, it depends how the game went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought, boy, that's fascinating. 7.26 p.m. Like If we were
1: 13, it'd be, well, of course, that's wrestling. Excuse me? Professional wrestling. Well, it will be happy for somebody at 7:26 <laughs> p.m. cuz they'll have a bi-county title. This bi-county tournament, it's a lot of the small schools in St. Joe and Marshall County mm-hmm. getting together and playing and it, it's it's a happening. In fact, I asked the players from New Prairie and Bremen this week if they could explain to me what makes this special, and here's what they had to say. I think just everyone around here looks forward to it, you know, especially the staff around here. They all talk about it. I know some of my uh, friends' mom at lunch just talks about it all the time. We get talked about it. I mean, it's just a big thing around here. It's like small teams going up with each other. That's what really makes it fun, like LeVille, us. We're all small schools. So we were trying to really see who was the best out of all of us.
0: Just you know, seeing the same same schools, same programs, same coaches, and they, every and I, the fact that everybody makes it such a big deal to them as a program is just makes it really really big time and special for us. Uh, but you know, the desire to play well in this tournament is tremendous. It's off the charts. So uh, the kids want to win it. The, the fan base wants to win it. Um, and, uh, you know, we were able to make it to the championship last year, come up a little bit short, so, you know, that's always an extra motivating factor, too.
1: So besides the bye-county tonight, uh, it, it's not a schedule replete with a lot of great games. You've got Marion at Penn. Marion is 8-2, and two, but they have struggled offensively. Penn has played this remarkably tough schedule. They're 4-6, and six, but they're playing at home quite capable of knocking off the Knights who already have two NIC losses. St. Joe is at home against Elkhart. You would think St. Joe would be favored in that game, but Elkhart has been playing better. They've won three in a row. Kyle Sears' team might be getting hot right about now, so St. Joe is going to have to be ready to go. Rochester is at Manchester. The Zebras have been one of the nice surprises in the area. They are 8-1, and one, and they are the best defensive team in the state of Indiana. They have allowed the fewest points of any team so far this year so those are some of the games to keep an eye on on the high school scene tonight how about the girl's side of the ball why are you laughing at
0: that i just i heard you talk about this all morning and i just glanced down and seeing it in writing i see the name lillian Fraser. yeah i'm wondering if she's ever gone up against elaine seinfeld
1: well because you're you're thinking of <laughs> lilith from L- Fraser. Lilith, i'm
0: sorry Lilith,
1: not yeah. Lillian. Yeah. Lillian Frazier is a heck of a girls' basketball player at North Judson High School. In that fact, joke
0: would have been a lot funnier if it would have been funny.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Well, at Morning Corny at 850. 50 so, points, though. 50 points. She hit 12 three-pointers last night. My Kelly. goodness. And she has over 2,000 points now in her career. Good just her. the second Blue Jay to do that behind Deb Bolin. So that was... Quite the accomplishment last night. That was certainly the individual performance of the night. The team performance of the night may have been Goshen, which beat Bethany Christian 49-36. And you might say, what's the big deal there? Goshen's 4A, Bethany's 1A. Well, this is one of those rivalry games, and Bethany Christian is having its best season in years. They are 15-6 and six now, and they haven't won 15 games in a season since 1989. So Kristen Parson doing a great job there, but... Another fine performance from Bryn Shoop Hill. The sectional draw for the girls is Sunday night at 7 o'clock. And there are some very interesting sectionals out there. And the Goshen sectional is one. If you believe in the Sagarin ratings, there's a fellow named Jeff Sagarin, Corey, who is known for his rating of college football teams. And when they used to have the BCS, his ranking system used to be one of the ratings that they used. Well, he does a computer rating because he lives in Indiana. He does a computer rating of all the boys and girls high school basketball teams in the state, mm. and in so doing, uh, for the girls' teams, he ranks them just one to, I think it's three four hundred two or something like that, and then he also does it by class. Well, if you look at the Goshen sectional for the girls' basketball. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Four of the top 50 teams in the Sagarin ratings are in that sectional. So you've got Penn, which most people would say is the favorite, but they, they've been a little inconsistent at times this year. Then you've got Warsaw, Goshen, and Northridge. That's going to be a fascinating sectional to watch. Do we have an acquaintance at Bethany Christian Why? Well, Kristen Parson has been on our air before. Oh, that's
0: who, how we know her. Yes. Yeah. She's like an avid listener, right? Doesn't she say she listens? She should be. Everybody should be. Well, careful. Careful.
1: I walked into New Prairie yesterday to do interviews, and I was wearing my Pulse FM mask, and it was uh, it was highly regarded. Nice. Yeah. No tomatoes this time. No. Uh, you know, sometimes I have to walk in and be ready to duck <laughs> at a Very moment's still. notice. Chuck is very stealth. But this time, it was well-received. All right. So, anyway, that's something to keep an eye on Sunday night. Keep an eye on those pairings. I would also say the 3A sectional at South Bend, the one that involves Marion, and Washington, and St. Joe, that's one where the draw could be very important as well. Okay. Do we want to get into what's happening with Notre Dame football? Well, I think we need to. It's It's kind of the elephant in the room. Here's, here's the problem, folks, is you'll see the headline, Notre Dame goes on one-year probation. And you think, oh, my gosh, what heinous crime have they done? And it, I would say the heinous crime that they have done is probably the equivalent of practicing cosmetology without a license. Um, they, they have stepped up, and they have done two things in recruiting, that you just cannot do. And, Corey, you're going to be horrified as I list these violations. Okay. Brian Kelly is visiting a high school in Pickerington, Ohio. One of the kids on the football team says, hey, that's Brian Kelly. And he scampers over and says, can I take a picture with you? And Kelly at first says, no. And the kid's like, come on, coach. And Kelly says, okay. Okay. And the kid posts the picture on social media as any high school kid would. Well, you see, it fell outside of the contact guidelines for the NCAA. So you can't be taking those selfies with high school kids. That might give you an illegal recruiting advantage. So that was that's a level three violation. Level three. Now, level two is what Todd Light, the former Irish assistant coach, did. He was in Seattle and ran into a young man that was being recruited. And because he ran into him during a period that you're not supposed to be out recruiting, even though he was out there just on pleasure, well, that's a violation too. And so, my goodness. That's asinine. It, it really is. But this is the NCAA. You can be the University of North Carolina— and set up dummy classes for your student athletes and give them a garbage educational experience while they're there. And everybody knows about it, and the NCAA says, Well, that's outside our bailiwick. But you do something like this you take a selfie with a kid, and the NCAA is all over you. So now. Was the kid even recruit worthy? No. Just a kid. Yeah. Wow. Now. Here's the thing. Uh, the penalty and the one-year probation I know sounds extremely harsh. Notre had to pay $5,000. They can afford it. That's the most expensive selfie I've ever heard of. Exactly. <laughs> so they were fined $5,000, which I'm sure will go into some NCAA uh, coffee clatch or pay for some meals there or something like that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they lose one official recruiting visit. So how many it, do you get? I'm not sure, but it it's. I, let's say they get 50. Now they get 49. Wow, you know, okay, something like that. They lose 14 unofficial visits, which I don't. If it's unofficial, how do you track that? Well, how do you find out about this photo to begin with? Exactly, somebody else must have turned them in. <laughs> Wow! Wow! So okay. Again, okay. A- and and I know people were like, "Are they going to get a- banned for a bowl?" No, they're not getting banned for a bowl game. There's no postseason ban. This has nothing to do with what you'll see on the field. It's just, it's overblown. It sure is. And you know, people are saying, so, "Well, you're saying that because you went to Notre Dame. You even wear a Notre Dame sweatshirt today." And it's. <laughs> Yes, I went to school there, but I think if you listen to me and if you've watched me over the years on TV, you know that when Notre Dame does something wrong, I'm one of the first to help point it out. And to me, this is not anything wrong.
0: Hey, can I ask a football question uh, real quick? I mean, here. Uh, Is like Edwardsburg done? Yes, they lost last week. They we, did lose. We
1: were, we were surprised. We figured because they're Edwardsburg and we're used to seeing them to roll people. Yeah. But Cadillac came in okay. and did a terrific job, was able to control. The, they were basically able to play keep away from Edwardsburg, and then they were able to match up with Edwardsburg on the line of scrimmage and not let Edwardsburg just run off the big plays that we're used to seeing from the Eddies. And Cadillac wound up going for the upset, so it's Cadillac playing for the state title this weekend in Michigan. Okay. Now, to the NFL, because the Indianapolis Colts have some quandaries to deal with.
0: Quandaries!
1: Uh, First of all, you know, we talked about this the other day. It's official. Phillip Rivers, gone. He's retired. Now the Colts have lost their offensive coordinator. He has gone to become the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. the fellow's name is Nick Cianelli, or Siriani, excuse me, Nick Siriani, And he will be replaced at for the time being on the Colts' sideline by a young man by the name of Marcus Brady. Now, Marcus Brady was the quarterback's coach for the Colts. And despite being fairly young, early 30s, uh, he had a great relationship with Phillip Rivers from all accounts. And so Frank Reich is going to make him the offensive coordinator. The question is here, how does this impact the Colts bringing in a quarterback? And who do they go get? And I am still going to stomp my foot and pound my fist and say, please make a deal for Matthew Stafford. Because the Detroit Lions are in the same rebuilding mode they've been in since 1957. Okay, <laughs> They're not going anywhere, anywhere fast. And if you don't believe me, too soon. go online and see the press conference yesterday from Dan Campbell, the new head coach of the Lions. You talk about it. He sounds like every high school or middle school PE teacher caricature that there has ever been. <laughs> uh, for example. Well, let's listen in.
0: All right. And so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap.
1: So when he talks about biting the kneecaps of people and uh, getting punched in the face and getting back up and all that, I can appreciate that he is trying to instill toughness in the Detroit Lions. That's great. They're Lions. I'm not sure this guy knows an ounce about football strategy. Now, he probably does. I I shouldn't be so harsh, but, man, he just came across as total Neanderthal. (laughs) And I'm sitting there thinking Aaron Rodgers is just going to pick you apart. Yeah. So can the Colts go out and get a quarterback? This is the big question of the offseason in Indianapolis. Notre Dame
0: hockey loses to Michigan 5-1. to one. Wah, well, wah. before we get to that,
1: we should toot our own horn a little bit. Okay. NFL playoff championship games are coming up this weekend. Now, on wild card weekend, Corey, we went five out of six with our predictions. The divisional series were last week, and we went four for four. Ooh. So now we get to championship weekend. Who have we, and by we I mean I, yeah. <laughs> picked to be in the Super Bowl? Bills and the Packers. Are they still alive? Yes. Are we staying with them?
0: Mm, yes. I love me some Mahomes,
1: but it's Packers and Bills. I, I'm sticking with those picks, and I'm yeah. going to go with the Packers at home to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and then... I will go with the Bills in what would be considered a mild upset, only mild upset because of the condition of Patrick Mahomes, who has been practicing with the Chiefs. It looks like he's going to play. I think the concussion protocol was something like, how many fingers do I have up? Some of them. You're correct.
0: <laughs> do you dare call the Super Bowl right now, or
1: should we wait till that Oh, weekend? you wait.
0: You wait. You wait. You wait and see.
1: All right. But there you go. What We got you ready for championship weekend. Yes, Irish hockey lost last night 5-1, and that was not pretty. What also usually isn't pretty, but we do it anyway, is a little segment called Overrated, Underrated. Yeah. I felt like Mr. Potter coming in here today. Why is that? Uh, I can't find anything from this intern of mine. <laughs> I don't know where the, the shared Excel sheets have gone or anything like that, but the intern, I can't find any of the material, so of course I blame it on him. Um, so if we've covered some of these before, just pretend that we haven't.
0: Or be uh, feisty and go, You know, last
1: time you said they were overrated, and this time you said they were on the Well, if you're paying that much attention, God bless you. (laughs) Yeah, sponsor the show. I would love that. (laughs) If you're paying that much attention that you remember that, by all means, let us know. (laughs) So anyway, the first one I'm going to start with is Matchbox 20. Mm,
0: They're good. I like them. Matchbox 20. I'm going to go right down the middle. I like them. Uh, I mean, they're one of those '90s staples bands. I played the crap out of their songs back in the day. I like Rob Thomas as a solo artist. Um, yeah, right down the middle.
1: You're gonna go right down the middle. Right down the middle. I'm gonna go a little bit underrated. I think they kind of get lost in the lost in the fog a little bit. U93 today's best music.
0: 64 degrees. Yeah.
1: Oh, sorry. And see, I realize you have a different perspective on them because mm-hmm. of having been in the chair where you're playing the music all the time and you hear it all the time. Yeah. For me, it was one of those things, oh, they come on the radio. That's nice to listen to. That's good. <laughs> I like that. That's about as much as it was, huh? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and a little bit of underrated. That's kind of you. That's very kind of you. Let's take it back to the 1970s, the early 1970s. Please, for the benefit of all who are out there listening, Corey, <laughs> I can't get this thing to play. Name Big surprise. Name the Jackson 5.
0: Name the Jackson 5. It's uh, Michael,
1: Tito, Jermaine, Randy. No, there's and no Randy. Randy Jackson is American Idol and Why does name it keep that tune. up? I don't know, but Tito, Jermaine, Marlon... Marlon. Michael... Yes. And... Um, you keep saying that this person doesn't exist, but he does. Jackie? Yes. Is
0: it really Jackie Jackson? Yes. I thought you were kidding when we did that earlier. No. Jackie is a Jackson 5. Yes. Jackie, Tito, Marlon, Jermaine, Michael. Yes. Yes. You tell me when that came on the car radio. It still does. Listen to that hi hat. What is wrong with this? You know what? I bet you my wife's listening to it at home. So, <laughs> so she's in her salon. Oh, she'll she's have got something the playing. Spotify and then I, I shoot one of those, and she's like, no, no, no. Go back to the greatest showman soundtrack.
1: That's what's happening. Well, there you go. But I, anyway.
0: I would say this, and every time I drive past Gary, Indiana, and I see that giant graffiti wall of them, I'm like, i got to stop and take a picture of that because I'm a musicologist. Yes, you are. But I keep forgetting to do it. I would say because of who came out of that group, down the middle. Down the middle. Down the middle. Huge songs, huge catalog as the five, and then they all go their separate ways. One of them goes to the Stratosphere the other ones, they have decent careers or whatnot. I'd say down the... Overrated? No. No, I've, they're not overrated. I think they are the foundation for too many to mention R&B artists as, like, I followed their lead. The the, the ultimate boy band. Yeah. If you think basically. about it. Choreography, harmony,
1: insanely catchy songs. Mm-hmm. And... Well, you think of most African American groups or black groups at that time, they were you know, they were adults. And there were a lot of them. The Temps, uh the Pips, the um the Chilites, you can you can go right on down the line. They were the only one that was like a kids' group. They were Yeah. They had their own cartoon. Yeah. I mean, You've got your own cartoon how How big are you? You've yeah. got your own cartoon. Yeah. And you know,
0: you watch you go back on YouTube and you watch a Jackson Five when Michael's twelve, 13, 14. You can't take your eyes off the performance. No, the choreography was unbelievable. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a magnetism of just like, I gotta watch this kid do what he does. you know. Then he gets weird. Then he grows up. I mean, there are moments where you watch him and you're like, "How did he just do that? How? Where? Where did
1: that come from?" You know. I say down the middle. All right. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm a big fan. I think they're terrific. I enjoyed their work.
0: I want you back. ABC or stop the loving and the Yes. Which one of which one? Is like ABC would be the yeah. go to. ABC. That's a good one. That's a forty-five somewhere hidden in the basement is it oh yeah like a collector's item i i had to have that one it's before my time but it's a good song this feels good chuck freebie feels real good you're on twitter right yeah 46 sports i'm there as well at my name is Corey. you can follow the yak sports yak with two k's this feels
1: good for an episode 279 until next time yak fans if you really want to honor the yak cut off the sleeves on your shirt today <laughs> and say, ooga looga, Ted Klazuski. We've
0: had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack. Sport Jack. Sport Shack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.